So what are NFTs or NFTs as some people call them? Why is everyone losing their mind over them and why should you care about it? Dear wonderful people, welcome back to another episode of The Future Of. If lately the blogosphere and finance and tech news has left you thinking, what's going on here, then you are not alone. 2021 was a remarkable year for obscure acronyms and buzzwords, and today we will try to explain the one that has everyone stampeding online to get in on the action. We are of course talking about NFTs, like this crypto kitten. If we double click on that annoying acronym, NFT stands for Non-Fungible Token. I know that doesn't really explain anything, so to better understand what a non-fungible token is, we need to go back in a time a few decades. The evolution of digital technology allowed us to replace material objects with digital ones at a fraction of a cost. Think about how you have usually interacted with computers. Having access to a spreadsheet meant that you no longer had to use a calculator and all those tables printed on paper. The same can be said for documents, presentations, images, music, movies, etc. Thanks to digitalization, you no longer need cassettes or a cassette player to listen to music in the same way that you no longer need a VHS or a DVD to watch movies. It's almost impossible to calculate the many benefits that digitalization has brought to our economies, making the distribution of ideas and content faster and more widespread than ever in the history of mankind. Now, of course, with all this availability and immediacy came other problems. In the context of what we are discussing today, we will discuss two main problems. The first problem that we are concerned with is the problem of fungibility. Fungibility is an economic term that means that something can be replaced by another identical item of identical value. By definition, something that is fungible is something that is not unique. Examples of items that are fungible are currency, socks, and that entire David Bowie online album that went on sale back in 1999. In all these examples, the lack of uniqueness of each item means that scarcity may not play a critical role in its economies. If you lose a sock, you could easily go to the store and replace it for an identical pair. Pretty much in the same way that if you wanted to listen to the David Bowie album, you could just ask your friend to make a copy, which you could also then share with all your friends. And that brings us to the second problem, digital copy. Replacing or copying fungible items in the physical world has always been possible with a little bit of effort. Fake money, pirated DVDs and knockoff Nike shoes are nothing new. But digitalization made the process of making digital copies incredibly easier by completely removing friction. At the press of a button, a digital asset can be copied an infinite amount of times, therefore reducing its value to pretty much zero. This has always represented a problem for content and intellectual property. The publishing, music and the movie industries have been fighting this for decades, as illegal copies of their products create secondary economies and affect their bottom line, hurting not only the production companies, but ultimately the artists, writers and content originators. This same problem made the digitalization of money impossible. In the real world, if I have this 10 euro note, I cannot magically create infinite copies of it. I could get another one almost identical to this one, except for the serial number. But technically, there is a limited amount of 10 euro notes in circulation. And if I wanted another one, I would need to go out and work for it. But in a digital environment, until very recently, I could just make infinite identical copies of a token of value, like this picture of a stylish stud, completely debasing any values that it could possibly hold. 
Simple demand and supply dynamics. That is, until technologies devised a brilliant solution using blockchain technology. Through the use of blockchain, the production of a digital item, let's say a token, can be recorded simultaneously in millions of computers connected to a network. Once a token is created, it can be sent from one computer to another, but any copies made of it after the inception of the original could be immediately identified as a fake and therefore removed from an economy. And this is the concept behind digital currencies like Bitcoin. At last, the problem of value debasement originated from endless copies of digital items was solved. So how does this relate to NFTs? Well, the concept of non-fungibility enabled by unique certifiable digital copies is now being applied to anything digital. This could be images, videos, posts, tweets, sounds and anything else you can think of. Through this process, we can reintroduce the element of scarcity into digital economies, therefore making digital items truly unique. Sure, that doesn't stop anyone from making copies. I can show you a copy of this monkey on this video in the same way that I could show you a picture of this collectible basketball card signed by Michael Jordan. But the fact that I can show it to you doesn't mean that I own it or that I can sell it. In fact, there is one and only one owner of the original, and that has value. First of all, NFTs are able to guarantee ownership through the immutability of blockchain. That means that if I created an NFT or bought it, the legitimacy of my ownership can be proven and no one can change it. Secondly, thanks to the many online NFT markets, NFTs have liquidity that means they are easily transferable and convertible into money. And in some cases, lots of it, like this pixelated mask-wearing CryptoPunk which sold for $11.7 million. This NFT by Beeple sold by Christie's for $69.3 million. Or this piece of art appreciated only and only by art connoisseurs called the Merch, which sold for an eye-watering $91.8 million. There are plenty of examples of NFTs that have reached insane amounts of money, but ownership of digital tokens can also ensure other benefits. In other videos, we have talked about the use of smart contracts on blockchains. Through smart contracts, the owner of an original NFT could receive a percentage of the sale of its NFT every time it exchanges hands. This would all happen instantly and automatically, as it is all documented and enabled by code. Some types of NFTs give users exclusive user rights, and this is where things get very interesting, because we are already hearing a lot of buzz in relation to the metaverse. It is expected that NFTs will become the building blocks of the metaverse, and it is all for sale. So is this all a whole pie of nonsense? It depends how you look at it. NFTs can become a way in which people support their favorite artists, ensuring that the profit of their work go fully to the artist and not a middleman like a music label or publishing house. Others might enjoy the bragging rights associated with owning something unique, and many others may be looking for new asset classes on which to invest their money with the hope that the asset would gain value in the future. The sudden surge of NFTs have got people racing to create and own NFTs looking to get rich fast. Entire ownership communities of people keen to show off their NFT art collection have popped up across the web. Even virtual reality NFT galleries are popping up like this one found on the Spatial Metaverse, and many platforms selling virtual land like the Sandbox and Upland are using NFTs to authenticate ownership of small plots of pixelated land. So what do NFTs have to do with the future of finance? Well, as a new class asset, there are all sorts of possibilities for the use of NFTs, especially in the decentralized finance or DeFi space, more specifically when used as collateral. Today, if you want to get a personal loan or a mortgage, you go to your bank and it would probably like to have some guarantees that you will pay back. A way in which banks and other lenders cover their risk is by issuing a collateralized loan. 
a collateralized loan gives the lenders a right over an asset, like your house, bonds, or any other assets that stores value, in case you don't pay back the loan and the interest. Since NFTs can store value and have some liquidity, they can also be used as collateral in decentralized finance loans. This means that you can use NFTs like art, virtual land, or tokenized real estate and borrow money against it from various players that are already operating in this space like Compound, Av, and NFTFi. These companies use peer-to-peer -peer networks to allow users to put down NFTs as collateral. If a lender is willing to take your NFT as collateral, it will get locked into a smart contract and once you pay the loan, the NFT is transferred back to you. If you don't pay back the total repayment before the due date, the asset then goes over to the lender, who can then sell it to recover his or her losses. Now, collateralized loans using NFTs still need to sort out a very big challenge, and that is the issue of volatility. As with other crypto assets like Bitcoin, there is concern that the sudden hype in NFTs is creating a speculative bubble causing people to lose large sums of money. As this space matures, we are likely to see the emergence of new investment models and new vehicles where the risk can be deferred. In the same way that 40 years ago, investment in equity was made safer by the creation of things like mutual funds, diversification and sector funds that allowed people to buy equity without having to be stock experts. We are likely to see more DeFi products emerge that will give access to more people into the system in a safer way. So there you have it, a quick intro into the world of NFTs. And please let us know what you think. Would you buy NFTs? Would you be willing to lend someone money with an NFT as a collateral? We are really living in exciting times in the world of finance. So we hope you will join us next time on the next episode of the Future Of here at Nordic Fintech Magazine.